0: And now, beginning our service, I would ask you all to stand, and we will proclaim the unchanging manifestation. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so, allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in the service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And Lord, stand on the place of your rest, you in the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation. And may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. I present the service into your divine arms, guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen.
1: So if you have your bibles please open up with me a familiar to us place of scripture that continues to contain the unsearchable riches of Christ the depths of the unknown to us word that the holy spirit with hunger and great desire wants to reveal to those to those hearts that hunger and thirst for this revelation Matthew 5:45 and 48 That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called, Called to Perfection. This promise contained in the commandment is the inheritance of the saints of all generations and this commandment of Christ is addressed specifically to his students. Therefore, people who do not accept God's delegated authority over themselves have no part in the inheritance that is contained in this commandment and are not able to have it, because it is only for students that have paid the price for the right to be students and to learn relevant to fulfilling this required commandment We stopped to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a man. Specifically, the goals that the righteousness of God abiding within our heart is called to pursue, and in part we have been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart received by us in the two broken tablets in which we died by the law for the law to live for the one that died and resurrected, and by doing so receive confirmation of our salvation in the new tablets of the covenant in the format of the law of the The Spirit of Life, so that we provide God a basis to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like he gave it to Abraham and his seed. Romans 4.13 For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We note that the righteousness of faith is determined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, which is presented in the preached word of God sent together with the person who represents the father to us or a father to us. Our faith is obedience to the preached word, which is God's faith. God's faith is information it's not emotions that we follow this is knowledge information that comes into the heart and we follow according to this information when people sing that faith is information everything will change but until they understand or think that this is feelings and emotions nothing will change And so, the promise of the peace of God is given only to those men that are obedient to the order of God in accordance to which God sends us His word by the mouth of His delegated people. Therefore, the covenant of peace within the heart of a man is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God, which are the spoken words of God's delegated ones. In a specific format, we've already looked at six signs by which we need to determine and examine ourselves as to whether we are the sons of peace as well as the sons of God and have been studying the seventh sign by which we need to judge about our membership to the sons of peace this is the ability to clothe our essence into the holy and selective love of god but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of god rule in your hearts and so perfection a perfection that is uh, all combined that's in his character and when they're all combined they are the bond this they're called love and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful, Colossians 3, 14, 15. We note that according to this place of scripture, the reign of the peace of God within our heart is possible only upon one condition, and that is if the selective love of God will abide within our heart, if we will be clothed into it, and if we... We also note that... The selective love of God, which is the atmosphere of the peace of God, we see concealed, the good, wonderful, eternal, and uncomprehending for the human mind goals and works of God, called to build a unique and peaceful relationship between God and his children. In Scripture, the character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture, by the preached word of the apostles and prophets, in the form of seven unchanging elements— These are virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. 2 Peter 1, 2-8 Each of the seven qualities of the fruits of virtue are in one the other, contain the characteristic of all the other qualities, which is why they flow one from the other, complete one the other, strengthen one the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. Second, these qualities, these seven characteristics, are called to be the moral perfection within our heart and an example inherent to the essence of God. Third, the given qualities are the great and precious promises entrusted to us in Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ. Fourth, the given qualities presented in the seven characteristics are the imperishable treasure and unsearchable wealth of Christ with which we need to become rich. Fifth, in order to receive the inheritance of these qualities, these seven unchanging characteristics, it is necessary for us to receive the power of the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life. He is as Eleazar. He will lead us as he led Rebecca. To these unsearchable treasures, which were in the faith of Abraham. Sixth, the means that we are to use to receive the power of the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life is the obedience of our faith to the faith of God. Give me water to drink. Drink, Master. (coughs) I will also give to your camels. This is very important to be in accordance to the law. When you satisfy the demands of the law, you're not dependent of the law. She gave drink to all ten, and in this way she became independent from the law. No one can satisfy the law. A person who satisfies the law is independent from the law. And that's only possible in Jesus Christ and circumcising your heart. You separate yourself from your nation, the house of your father, your corrupt desires. The law no longer has effect on you. It is given for the sinners, for the criminal, but you already died for this. You are a new person. Seventh, by inheriting these great and precious promises in the form of the fruits of our spirit, when we inherit them, by being instructed in the faith, we become part of God's divine nature, which is why the confessions of the faith of our heart become equal to the words that come out of the mouth of God. Since the selective love of God demonstrated in the seven unchanging qualities and characteristics have nothing in common with and cannot have anything in common with the nature of human love that is filled with egoism, greed, and is just temporary, this is how the tolerant love Of man is it's egotistical greedy and temporary although inside of a person he understands that love is not like this it shouldn't be this way and they say well I fell in love with someone else let us remain friends and this is in tolerant love this is normal let us remain friends let us communicate and I'll go to another And so this is some kind of absolute foolishness that a person has received. But deep inside, people always seek this uh, perfect love, this imperishable love, this uh, love that is faithful to the end. It is the selective love of God in the format of the seven qualities of unearthly virtue that is called to enthrone the resurrection of Christ in our earthly body, destroy the stronghold of death, and clothe our earthly body into the resurrection of Christ that is into our new person. The bond of perfection of the of love of God is unconditional when it comes to the seven qualities of virtue, and unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the seven qualities of virtue is different in that it contains the burning jealousy of God, all his knowledge and his absolute wisdom that in no way is able to be used for greedy and egotistical purposes or goals of a man. At the same time, the tolerant love of man toward other men is very conveniently used for greedy and egotistical purposes. But you are my brother, you are my father, you are my friend. Some kind of obligation. Love is not an obligation. But that is how tolerant love is. Here's what the scriptures say say regarding the strength of the love of God. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Songs of Solomon 8:6,7. <coughs> Set me as a seal upon your arm. A seal is a symbol of eternity. A circle is always a symbol of eternity. And when people uh, put on the rings, or uh, a bride and a groom uh, put the ring upon each other's finger, they don't know what they're doing, because a ring is a symbol of eternity. That's faithfulness till death. In the new heaven and new earth, they will not marry That is why it says, until death, so this marriage is only needed here, in these mortal bodies. (laughs) The measure of the love of God is identified by, and is known by, the measure of God's hatred toward evil and men who do this evil. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, this talking about Christ and also about those who follow after Christ. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And so, good and evil are programs and for themselves. They're not able to demonstrate themselves or function out of a programmable system. They activate and work within the heart of a person and carriers, then, of this good or evil. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves lo- who loves violence his soul hates. And so it is not tolerant. God's love it doesn't love everyone in general. It loves those who love him and hate those who hate him. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous; he loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Psalm 11, 5 through 7, only loving what God loves and hating what God hates, we are able to demonstrate God's perfection toward those who love righteousness and those who hate lawlessness. The selective love of God by its unchanging nature in the format of seven supernatural qualities is called to grow us into the fullness of growth in Christ, so that we can shine our, the light of our sun upon the just and unjust and pour out our rains according to God's intentions, upon the righteous for good and the unrighteous to punish them. Considering, therefore, that these seven qualities of virtue... Identifying the selective love of God do not have an analog in the earthly realm of the human lexicon or any dictionary of the world. The love of God is the foundation and the atmosphere of the moral and immovable law, opening within our heart the essence of God and the essence of the heavenly kingdom. And this is not all. The love of God Agape is a sovereign love, which is unconditional when it comes to the people it chooses in its abilities to foreknow and predestine. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, being omnipresent and all-knowing. He sees the future as the present. He sees it. And he knows how a person will react when he hears his truth and he then foreknows this person and predestines this person to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren Romans eight, twenty nine. because of its sovereignty the selective love of God is, never violates the sovereign rights of those people she selects I stand at the door and knock If a person does not open the door, he will not enter in. He knocks, and this knock is not loud. He just knocks, and if a person does not have the ear of his heart, he will not be able to hear that knock. You need to be attentive, incline your ear, and wait and never allows her own sovereign rights within her boundaries to be violated these boundaries identified as his burning holiness in a specific format we've already looked at the demonstration of the selective love of god in the qualities of virtue knowledge self-control and perseverance and stopped to study the virtue of the love of god in the mystery of great godliness and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was mas- manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. First Timothy three sixteen. And God has done all of this by His saints, that it be made known. Be that it be made known by His people the many works of God's glory. <coughs> And so you are light to the world, and if you are light to the world, God wants to show what he's done for man, what his plan is. And if you truly are a light, then your name will be known in heaven and in hell as Apostle Paul and those that were with him. Therefore, by demonstrating the signs of the fruits of godliness, we identify the true quality of the love of God agape, Within the heart of a man, in his words, his actions, and the manner in which he dresses, which never needs to prompt the instincts of the opposite gender. Our clothing should not be uh, overly tight, a see-through, or revealing intimate areas of our body. Further, we note that there is a counterfeit form of godliness that exists as well, that conflicts with and resists the true form of godliness. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. 2 Timothy three five. Again, a strike upon tolerant love, from such people turn away. If they have the f- form of godliness, you say, how, do, how can I tell whether they have a form of godliness or not? If you read completely this chapter, you'll see that in the last days, people will be arrogant, self-loving, loving loving money more than God. uh, It describes unfaithful, uh, disobedient to parents. And so these people, they'll have the form of godliness. (coughs) They may have a pleasant face, but as soon as you begin to talk to them, you'll uh, immediately uh, determine and see that they don't have godliness and this uh, form of godliness that they carry, they either will allow everything or will forbid everything. Don't touch, don't do anything at all. Or, you're allowed, you're free, uh, you're free in Jesus to do whatever you want. And true saints are between the two. They're between these two poles. That category, the one pole and the other pole, hate them. And the one f- kind uh, calls them as heretic and lost, uh, and the other, and so being between in the mi- or in between or in the middle, this category of saints is in likeness of God because it is between the two. Okay. If we don't break our relationship with people that have the look of godliness and will not distance ourselves from them, then they will corrupt our godliness that is contained in our good habits which is why we together with them will inherit the prepared for them destruction relevant to this fact we came to the necessity to look at four classical questions what characteristics do the scriptures ascribe to the godliness of god and that of man what purpose is it called to fulfill what conditions do we need to fulfill in order to collaborate our godliness with the godliness of god and put this godliness on and by what signs do we identify that our godliness is truly collaborating with the godliness of God? In a specific format, we've already looked at two signs of question four, by which we can determine that we are collaborating our godliness with the go- with the godliness or with the goodness of God, and stop to look at the third sign, by which we need to examine and determine that we are that we are collaborating with the godliness of God, and this is by the fact that the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm of David, Psalm 23, 1 through 6. A Psalm of David, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Evidence of the fact that God is our pastor in the given psalm of David consists of four things, four parts. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord leads me beside still waters. The Lord restores my soul. Still waters is, again, not waters that, are <clears throat> that, that have uh, strong rapids or that are very difficult to uh, be in here it's talking about the still waters the Lord restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness to examine yourself and weigh yourself upon the scale plates of righteousness that we possess the listed components is to be done by four other components which demonstrate themselves when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death it's in the very same psalm that we read Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear evil, for God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. The rod and staff are his words, his mouth. The words that come, the words of the preached word, they will comfort us. They will not make us angry or frustrated. They will comfort us. They will will bring quiet. God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies right in the side of our enemies and God has anointed our head with oil and our cup runs over in a specific format we've already looked at the essence of the first three components within our heart which are evidence of the fact that the Lord is our shepherd and stop to look at the fourth component within our heart which states he leads me in the paths of righteousness Blessed are those who dwell in your house; they will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is a, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Psalm 84, 45. You see that the Lord will direct a person upon this uh, paths of righteousness. If he dwells in his house and so when the lord directs a person upon the paths of righteousness this means that this person is being led by the holy spirit is dependent on the holy spirit because it is not possible to lead a person in the paths of righteousness against his will if he does not understand it and does not differentiate the paths of righteousness from paths of his own mind or paths of the wicked and lawless who support the wicked. In essence, the paths of righteousness are paths of the Most High, the paths of the kingdom of heaven. At the same time, the paths of the wicked are their nets into which they catch unstable souls. First, they've caught themselves into it. They became these nets and now catch other souls into it. In Hebrew, paths of righteousness are a net of righteousness, Ways of righteousness are ways of the Lord, a furnace which cleanses or refines from foreign particles of the soul, the step of righteousness, feet of righteousness, and prince of righteousness, growth, enlargement, and increase upon the path of righteousness, and being grafted to the body of Christ upon the paths of righteousness. In a specific format, we've already looked at a series of components contained in the meaning of the paths of righteousness, which are dissolved in one the other, exist exist in one the other, support one the other, and identify the truthful nature, or essence of one the other, and stop to study the next quality of the path of righteousness that reveals itself in the heart of a man in the right ways of the Lord, known as the ways of the Lord. The first sign of the path of righteousness <coughs> revealing themselves in the heart of a man as the right ways, known as the ways of the Lord, by which the righteous walk and the transgressors stumble upon them. Who is wise, let him understand these things. Who is prudent, let him know them for the ways of the Lord are right the righteous walk in them but transgressors stumble upon them Hosea 14 9 <coughs> <coughs> we know it that to understand and get to know the right way of the Lord is only possible when you fulfill a specific condition this is to pay the price for the right to the power to be a student of Christ and this price consists of two steps. The first step is to deny yourself, and second step is to take up your cross and follow Christ carrying, carrying your cross. The second sign of the path of righteousness revealing themselves in the heart of a man, in the ways of the Lord, is in the two, bro- to, uh, two broken tablets of the covenant, signifying a seed that contains a program of the life of God, called to show itself in the new tablets of the covenant, in the fruit of righteousness, or in the tree of life. Upon the... Con- the condition that in the new tablets of the covenant we will first receive the ability to know God in order to drive out from our body the enemy nations being supported by our old person. Again, to receive the ability to know God in order to drive out from our body the enemy nations being supported by our old person. Exodus thirty three twelve through 13 Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. Here it's talking about two forms of favor. grace, He had this grace, but he was looking for another, um, a greater form of grace. The necessity of the revelation about the ways of the Lord, upon which Moses was able to receive the ability to know God and turn God's grace upon himself, began after he broke the tablets of the covenant at the foot of the mountain. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now therefore, take off your ornaments ornaments he gave them these ornaments that they may build a tabernacle they took everything from egypt and they put them on themselves he says take off your ornaments that i may know what to do to you so the children of israel the children of israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by mount horeb Moses took his tent and pitched pitched it outside of the outside of the camp. Again, he took his tent and pitched uh, and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. This was not the Tabernacle of Meeting where the ark of the covenant was. Moses just made a separate tent outside of uh the camp and called it Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose. At that time, God had left that tabernacle because the people had sinned. And and Moses' understanding that he needed another tabernacle, he uh, couldn't go into the regular one. He needed to build another, and he went there and did that. And so, when Moses entered, entered in, Whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his his tent door, and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door." So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. And again, the nation saw this pillar at the cloud, standing at the tabernacle, and all the people rose and worshipped each one. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp... But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Moses returned to the camp, but uh, Joshua, the son of Nun, remained in the tabernacle, symbol of the Holy Spirit. He does not abandon that tabernacle. The tent which Moses made and named it the Tabernacle of Meeting is a symbol of the broken tablets of the covenant, demonstrating the broken body of Christ in his death, in which Moses, conforming to the death of the Lord, searched for his resurrection. What was he seeking there? He was seeking resurrection. It is in this tent, symbolizing the death of the Lord Jesus. In the broken tablets of the covenant, the Lord revealed to Moses the ways to know him, when he commanded Moses to carve for himself the two new tablets of the covenant, and to rise again to the top of Horeb, that by Moses he can make a new covenant with the sons of Israel. This is how this event is interpreted by the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of Apostle Paul. When We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffering outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Hebrews 13, 10 through 14. Here it's talking about the tabernacle that Moses built in order to find or seek the resurrection of Christ in the new tablets of the covenant there therefore to know within your heart the good ways of the Lord leading to the erection of the stronghold of life within your body it is necessary to obtain two formats of the Lord's favor the first format of the favor of God we obtain in the broken tablets of the covenant which consists in finding your heart upon the right paths of the Lord upon which we receive justification identifying the place by God goal, consisting in delivering our body from the power of sin and death. The second format of the favor of God we obtain in the new tablets of the covenant, which consist in finding and getting to know the ways of the Lord leading us to the placed by God goal, consisting in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. Apostle Paul elaborating on the revelation of the paths of righteousness in the format of the ways of the Lord which in the heart of a man are the broken tablets of the covenant and the form of the seed that contains the program of God's life says that this is the only ability to sow yourself in the death of the Lord Jesus in order to turn the guarantee of your salvation to profit and receive profit in the new tablets of the covenant in the stronghold of life. But someone will say, how are the dead risen uh, ri- risen up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. If these tablets won't be broken, then the new, new ones will not come. If the seed will not be f- destroyed or die, fruit will not come. The program that is within the seed, in order for it to show itself in the form of fruit, the seed needs to die first and what you sow you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain perhaps wheat or some other grain <clears throat> apostle paul explains the meaning of it so that we can understand the way we carry this we we carry this body now but we have the other heavenly body there are also celestial bodies And terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. He's saying that this is the heavenly body, it is not spiritual. The celestial body, this physical body, we're talking about physical bodies. There's that which are celestial and terrestrial. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, the other glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So, also, it is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption and is raised in incorruption. God reveals in this tabernacle, we will go out of the camp into this tabernacle. <clears throat> this is how it is in the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption and is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so here it's talking about that of the flesh, but when it receives a, a new uh, image, uh, becomes spiritual, the body begins to be called spiritual. Although it's here on earth. So it was written, the first man, Adam, came, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. This is all talking about the fact that it will happen here on earth when a person receives this in the form of the seed then the seed will bear fruit and when it bears fruit then <coughs> if people think it will happen only in heaven the scripture did not mean that it means here on earth it needs to happen as soon as you receive the seed and begin to consider yourself dead to sin living for God and begin to proclaim the non-existent as existent <coughs> you you Call yourself what God calls you, and God immediately accounts this to you and clothes you. You say, Well, I don't feel that. Yeah, but God already did this. You don't need to feel it. You need to know it. You know, knowledge is not based upon what you feel, knowledge is information. And if you've received this, and I received this, and you, I trust, received this. Then we together don't carry now the form of this body, but the form of the heavenly body. For people, this is foolishness, because we call the not-existent as existent, as A- Abraham called, uh, as Abram called Sarai Sarah, and Sarah called Abram Abraham. Abraham although they were already of age and her usuals had finished, and he was uh, very, very, uh, very much in age that he was not able to bear children anymore, but they were trusting that God uh, will fulfill what he said. It's not important what obstacles we're in. It doesn't matter how the illness may progress. It doesn't matter how age may progress. It's not important that Satan continues to say that you're already one foot... To, in, in the grave or they say you're already rolling down the hill that's not the case we are not rolling down the hill and we never will we will rise upon the mountain and we will be there forever this is God's uh, mountain you don't roll down from it if people don't under, understand what they're saying they can roll but we will be upon this mountain forever proclaim the non-existent as existent in the broken tablets of the of the covenant, we being that uh baptized into the death of the Lord Jesus, die by the law for the law, so that in the new tablets of the covenant symbolizing our resurrection with Jesus, we live for him as for the one that died and resurrected. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, 19 through 20. Continuing this thought of the paths of righteousness in the form of the seed that contains a program of God's life, it is given to all who are oppressed because of the truth upon the ways that were shown to Moses, and in the works that were shown to the sons of Israel, so that they could find themselves in the new tablets of the covenant. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known the ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Psalm 10367. Here is talking about the sons of Israel that are oppressed. Israel a warrior in prayer they will of course oppress us because our worship will not be according to the today's Sodom and Gomorrah and so God showing his ways and works to the sons of Israel "...performed righteousness and judgment for all who were oppressed. All who were oppressed to whom the Lord performed righteousness and judgment... Are, P- ...are Moses and that category of sons of Israel... ...that left behind the camp bearing the mockery of Christ... ...so that they can seek the Lord in the tent of their body... ...whom Moses named the tabernacle... ...which Moses uh, named the tabernacle of meeting. This was a tent. Tabernacle is a symbol of the body of Christ the symbol of the Church of Christ and the symbol of our body in which God plans to live and abide forever and so God will do something with this body. You say, how is it that God can live in this body? God uh, lived in the tabernacle at the temple of Solomon and they were not heavenly and he lived in them. They were physical, they were built for materialistic things but we are a living body. It's enough to change the program within yourselves. God already changed this program. My children already changed your program. Don't look at yourself. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Look upon the rock from which you were hewn. Look at this Look, I called them, and look what I did with them. You are the children of Abraham. That's very important. The next element of the revelation about the paths of righteousness in the format of the ways of the Lord demonstrated in the broken tablets of the covenant in the form of the seed that contains a program of God's life in order to find yourself in the new tablets of the covenant in the fruits of righteousness demonstrated in our body as the tree of life. It is necessary for us to receive the crown of glory in the format of the law of God that comes from the truth of God and magnified by the truth of God, which is upon the path of righteousness called to erect within our body the stronghold of eternal life. The silver-haired head, symbolizing wisdom, is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Psalm sixteen thirty-one. If you look in Hebrew at the word silver-haired, the definition of it in Hebrew is wisdom. (coughs) And so these are, of course, wisdom is the elementary principles of Christ imprinted upon the tablets of our heart, which gives God the proper basis to enter our heart in the form of the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart. This... uh, gray hair is not <coughs> is this is not talking about our our physical age they think if they're looking at an elderly person this is wisdom don't be deceived rarely will you see people of age that are actually wise for the most part they're not wise they if you go to churches and look at these elderly people they uh a lot of the youth uh, things that they concealed in their youth they are now revealing in their age these are what they are now and it's not talking about these people of age when we see the 24 elders on the throne and the 4 living beings that are the essence of the chosen by God remnant that means wisdom that doesn't mean uh, elderly people it's very important for us to understand that too when David understood this he said it is not the ones that are of age that are wisdom, that are that are wise those of age. One of the young men that were younger than job younger than his friends he says, I'm younger than all of you but the Spirit of God speaks in me and I am angered how you speak about God. you're unfaithfully speaking about God, not you or Job. And he turned to Job, Do you want to hear God? Listen to what I say to you. I will speak God's words because the Spirit of God lives in me. David said that by the means of this wisdom, he became wiser than the teachers in that time. And so the young men, young women, you have the chance To be wiser than people of age, Uh, there are, of course, a lot of very foolish that are in churches that completely cannot control themselves and are not even trying to control themselves. The next element of the revelation about the paths of righteousness in the form of the the ways of the Lord demonstrated in the broken tablets of the covenant in the form of the seed that contains a program of, of God's life in order to find yourself in the new tablets of the covenant in the fruits of righteousness presenting within our body the stronghold of life. It is necessary for us to receive within our heart the righteousness of God in order to know the spoken as an oath and unchanging words of God that come out of the mouth of God, as is preached word by those who are the carriers of the revelations of God. Isaiah forty five twenty three through 25 I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, Surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength, To him men shall come, and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. The spoken as an oath and unchanging words of God exists only within the heart of those people by whom God shames the enemy who is against him and justifies and praises the entire nation of Israel. The nation of Israel are warriors in prayer, or worshippers of God, from every nation, language, tribe, and people, worshipping God in spirit and in truth. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, are counted as the seed Romans 9, 6 through 8. Returning to the subject of the righteousness of God in the unchanging words of God that come out of the mouth of God, we conclude that first, the righteousness of God that comes out of the mouth of God in the form of the unchanging word of God exists within the entrails of God. And when it is passed on by the mouth of God's delegated ones in the form of his unchanging word, then every knee in heaven, earth, and hell bows before it. Second, the righteousness of God justifies... And praises the entire nation of Israel, which are the warriors in prayer, regardless of gender, social status, nationality, or religion. Third, the righteousness of God abiding within the hearts of warriors in prayer shames those that fight against God and his nation. Fourth, the righteousness of God never comes out of the mouth of God without specification. It always is addressed specifically and will be exactly according to what it is intended for just the uh, fifth the sake the specification of the righteousness of God can only be a thirsty land in the form of warriors and prayer who hunger and thirst for righteousness as they are it is to them this word is and they are the ones that are the specification from God it is specifically for them for as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I send it. Isaiah 55, 10-11 This word is always, of course, sent by his people, whom, whom God trusts, who are his mouth, whom he prepares for this work. The word that comes out of the mouth of God by the mouth of his delegated people are presented in the format of two categories in rain and in snow that fall from heaven and do not return but give drink to the earth and make it able to bear and grow so that she would be able to give her seed to uh, to the one that sows and bread to the one that eats. The symbol of the snow is the prophetic word. At the same time, the symbol of rain is the word of the seer. Because the prophetic word, it does not, it's not fulfilled immediately. It talks about the future. But the word of the seer, it immediately happens uh, or does its work as the rain. Considering that here it's talking about the soil of the human heart, not every soil of the human heart is able to receive seed in order to bear and grow. And not every heart is able to be nourished by the word of God, which is the bread of life. But only the heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, that is prepared to listen to the truth of the word, spoken by the mouth of the person that is a father of God, or the mouth of God. The heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, and is prepared to listen to the word of truth in the church of saints, is a good heart that is cleansed from dead works, in which the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ is imprinted, and this means that the heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, that is cleansed from dead works, can only be in the category of saints that by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ die for their nation, the house of their Father, and for the corrupt desires of their soul. Furthermore, in this revelation, we see presented two categories of saints. First category are people that hunger for bread and eat the bread. The second category are people that hunger to be inseminated with the seed of the word of truth. With this we conclude that if the first category will not allow God to grow her to the level of the second category in order to be inseminated by the seed of the word of truth or the or the seed of God's word, then she will be blotted out of the book of life. If she will just eat and eat... We are given the word so that we can eat, but also the word as a seed that we need to receive and sow into ourselves, because there is God's program to sow and grow this program in ourselves. This is because into the kingdom of heaven, as into the stronghold of salvation, people... Only the people enter by the means of bearing God uh, to God the fruit of righteousness. That is the only way. By bearing fruits of righteousness are they able to enter. The phrase, to him men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him, indicates a category of saints that fight against God because of their ignorance and a lack of knowledge about the elementary teachings of Christ, identifying the order of God's theocracy in the body of Christ. The category of people that fight against God will never be able to inherit God's mercy so that they could turn to him as the very opportunity to come to God is the gift of grace that is given to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for example Saul he persecuted the church as for because of the zeal he had for God and when God enlightened him he did not counsel with flesh and blood but for the sake of knowing Christ he forsook everything he previously had the phrase, In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory indicates the fact that only the nation of Israel in the form of warriors in prayer will be justified and glorified. Considering the fact that the name of Israel is given to only to warriors in prayer that worship God in spirit and in truth, we conclude that independent from language, tribe, nation, peoples, your social status or gender, justified and glorified will only be those warriors in prayer that worship God in spirit and in truth. If we in our hearts stand guard of the ways of the Lord and honor the oath promises of God and the word of God that shames the enemies that fight against God and justifies and praises us as and glorifies us as his warriors in prayer, then this means that we are collaborating our godliness with God's godliness. The paths of righteousness as in the format of the seed of the word of God that contains the program of God and discover themselves in the new tablets of the covenant is God's throne that is encircled with his darkness and his clouds. Psalm 97, two through four. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and and burns up his enemies round about. His lightning lights the world, the earth sees and trembles. Psalm 97, 2 through 4. The throne upon which God sits, and from the position of which He reveals His truth, is the heart of a wise person. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Psalm 51, 6. And righteousness and justice that the Lord does within the heart of a person Is the righteousness of the human heart. The clouds and the darkness that certain circles is thrown is the prayer of the heart that is brought into the presence of God, which is in, as God desires to abide in darkness. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals, a fire from the altar before the Lord, with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. Leviticus 1612 12-13. And so these are the prayers of a person that are in accordance to the demands of the breastplate of judgment. They are that darkness that encircles the throne and that he destroys his enemies with. We see in Revelations how God takes the full censor of uh, of people's prayers, of his children's prayers, and he throws it to the earth and there's destruction. Upon practice, this is talking about a prayer that is in accordance to the fragrant cloud and that is done within or performed within the spirit of man. Fire that comes before God and that surrounds it and circles his throne is the truth that sanctifies a person by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, a person who has died for his nation, the house of his father and his destructive desires. The lightning of God that gives light to the earth are the judgments of the revelations of God in the form of the Urim that gives light to in the darkness to Arthamim, which are the word of God that we don't understand but receive and keep within our heart. The earth that sees the lightning and the judgments of God and trembles before him is the heart of the wise person that with fear receives the light of the revelation of the Urim, that sh- shines the light upon his Thummim, which is kept within his wise heart, as it is written, And I indeed have appointed with him Ahli of the Son, of, that I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. Exodus 31.6 If the righteousness of God in the seed of the program of God, which is in the two broken tablets of the covenant, shows its uh, itself in the New Tablets of the Covenant in Wisdom, this means that we collaborate our favor with the favor of God, if we abide in it. The ways of the Lord that are shown in the ways of God, the ways of righteousness shown in the ways of the Lord, in the heart of a person, in the two broken tablets of the Covenant, is the symbol of the Lord in the heart of a person that comes from Edom, That comes in dyed garments, that comes in all its strength, in order to save. Isaiah 63, 1 and lower. Who is this who comes from Edom, with dyed garments from Bozrah, the one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save, not to destroy, but to save, why is your apparel red, and your garments like one who treads the winepress? I have trotted the winepress alone, and from the people no one was with me. For I have trotted them in my anger, and trampled them on my in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. I looked, but there was no one to help, and I wondered... That there was no one to uphold. Therefore my own arm brought salvation for me, and my own fury it sustained me. I have trotted them down the people in my anger, made them drunk in my fury, and brought down their strength to the earth. Isaiah 63 1 through 6. Edom are the descendants of Esau, which is a symbol of our soul that threatens our salvation in the form of Jacob to deliver the new person from the danger of death, the new person is called to lose his soul in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so then, uh, perform this anger, or show this anger upon their, their soul. And so, losing your soul... Because of the anger of God, you then, save, say, you then save it and make yourself acceptable to God. A person who hates his soul with his corrupt desires and, and destructive desires from their salvation of the soul will also come, because you hated it. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you in that night that there will be two men in one bed; the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together; the one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field; the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the angels, there the eagles will be gathered together. Luke 17:33-37. People or saints that have lost their soul in the death of the Lord Jesus. Will bring it back to life in the true resurrection, in the truth of the resurrection of Christ, in the new or in a new form and a new quality. The soul that has risen from death by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will become dead to sin and will carry in itself the sign of the death of the Lord Jesus by which the eagles in the form of the angels of God are called to gather the saints to the place where they're supposed to meet the Lord in the air and will be able to differentiate the wise from the unwise. The place to meet is the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. This is that place where they will gather the people, where the people will receive the promise of adopting their body by the redemption of Christ. Practically, the sign of the death of the Lord Jesus will represent within the body of a person the stronghold of life, which will be the result of the death of the Lord Jesus. From this we conclude that if a person will not have within his soul the sign of the death in the form of the stronghold of life within his body, then he will lose his salvation, and then the name of His name will be blotted out of the book of life, and he will inherit eternal destruction. If the righteousness of God is the program of God, which is demonstrated in the broken tablets of the covenant, finds itself within our heart in the new tablets of the covenant, which contains the sign of the death of our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus, then this means, this is testimony of the fact that we collaborate our favor with God's favor amen let us bend our knees and pray and we will thank god for the revelation that he has given to us in the broken tablets of the covenant and in the new tablets of the covenant has the resurrection of christ that is called in our generation to be enthroned in the body of the saints that will receive this by faith and will begin to consider themselves dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the non-existent as existent. Your words will make the great or do the great work when you become obedient and will say not what your physical eyes see, what your uh, body may feel, or your soul, or, and what people say around you, but when you will listen to the word of God, that is information that comes from God, God, by this information that comes from our mouth, will do something great and glorious for you and will glorify himself through you on earth. We wait for you here, anyone who desires to confront any sin or resist any sin that you have. You may come out out of any net or trap you're in. You need to acknowledge this, come to the front, repent, and the Holy Spirit will show his mercy and will restore you and will show you his glory. Amen. I'm going to be praying your prayer, and I ask you to deeply believe in the fact that God is for you. He's not against you. He wants to save you and not destroy you. It is not important what net you may have fallen into, what kind of trap you may be in. You can come out of it. He'll lead you out of it. He will free you from this net of sin from the destructive lusts and horror shame suffering and will lead you into his glory close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands to God this is a sign that you lift your hands to God without doubt and without fear heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you I open up my heart I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, remove my shame. I hate sin that has become my master. I break my connection with him. I want for you to be my lord, my master. I trust my life to you and right now before heaven and hell i want to proclaim that in accordance to your words i am washed i am cleansed i am healed i am restored i am justified and i am saved your sins are forgiven and your trespasses, in the name of Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you, may he look upon you with his great face, and show you mercy and give you peace, may thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessings of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you. May the Lord destroy the stronghold of death in your body and erect in its place the stronghold of life, eternal life. May all this be upon you and be fulfilled upon you and your children, and the nation shall say, Amen. The Lord is blessed and the Father who stands and stands guard of his word, he's vigilant over his word that he has magnified in the temple of our body above all of his name and has made himself a servant of that word. And he possesses the power and ability to accomplish it, to fulfill it for you. So this is not our victory, but his and his war, and his battle, not ours, but you stand and, and watch the work of God. And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and and forever. Amen.